0: trauma when in doubt, mm-hmm. are we starting
1: oh i guess we're starting so everybody you go I, from like so quiet to being like in the red sorry it's to, let's have, did have, did happy just, medium
0: <laughs> 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 went to adjust it to see just um, punched me in the face yeah okay somewhere in between <gasps> so um crazy my life you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um it's kind of all fell in my lap my biological father I found out about two weeks ago that he was ill that he was sick one of my cousins my brave cousin Noelle reached out to me she was kind of afraid to tell me she didn't want to annoy me because I don't really have a relationship with my biological father and but she felt like she also wanted me to know in case there was anything that was happening and it looked like it was kind of bad so, I started processing what that meant and there's a lot to go there and we'll get there. But then <laughs> um, he had a very intense battle with cancer and passed away um, last week. And so, so it was just last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's been a week that mm-hmm. I he, since he's passed. Okay. Very and so quick. It was very quick. I mean, maybe it wasn't. I It was quick for me because of when I was informed about when it was happening. Um, so anyway, for me, that was a lot. And um, I reached out. Like my brain did a little bit of a spiral. And so anyway, I reached out to... Rach and Amy, and was just like, guys, I'm freaking out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I need some help because here's the thing like, yeah. So, anyway, you guys asked me to kind of let's kind of recreate what happened because of the process and how it worked out. And Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do that. So, because my trauma is your trauma. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. So, it's a gift. Here's my gift to you. So, I think that what was happening was losing a, a human being losing a parent losing even though he was not he i he was a good human like he's a good man i have nothing bad to say about him he was a teenager when he when my mother got pregnant with me they were not even in a real relationship it was you know um the 70s uh <laughs> he didn't really want to be a, a parent like that wasn't something that was on his uh, mind. I was, uh, I think 19, he was 19 when I was born. Mm. He kind of ran off to join the Merchant Marines with his father who was a um, a Marine, an uh, engineer. F- um, kind of whatever, mariner, engineer. He was on ship boats. That's what my...
1: I think what you're trying to say nicely is that he had nothing to do with you. Yeah, he did Let's
0: be honest. Yeah, he had nothing to do with me. and that- And he never wanted to. It wasn't like or that's the narrative I have for myself: is that he well,
1: didn't. Th- it's not the narrative you had for yourself. That was well, real.
0: He'd... I think as I'm unpacking the truth of my childhood, I wonder how much he was doing that. Like if I had a normal upbringing, i.e., not my mother. Um. M- maybe he would have fought for me more but when you're when so yeah so anyway that's what happened he died I'm processing this Mm -hmm. that's a lot for me it happened so fast I think there was always there's such a finality in death and so I think even though I love the dad that raised me he's a good dad I had a good dad um there was always this kind of glimmering hope that someday I would it's more the wanting to be wanted Mm -hmm. that maybe someday he remarried had two children seems to be an excellent father to them so I guess the narrative for me slowly started becoming like there must be something wrong with me Mm -hmm. because he had this beautiful family and I wasn't in it he didn't want me like you said Rach like I wasn't part of that Mm -hmm. and so my brain just started kind of spiraling. Um, and then I feel shame because I didn't care about him. Like uh, on a normal day, and in fact, a lot of our interactions were weird and kind of odd as a child. Like mm-hmm. because we we were strangers and we didn't know how to relate. So when we were kind of stuck in a room together at family gatherings, mm-hmm. it was almost gross like kind of like a bad first date that only happened a couple times right Uh, probably like four or five times and so Hmm. anyway I uh,
2: working with it so I, I have a question yeah like so when he when he left your mom or you he and your mom split and then he remarried and had kids how how did you still have those connections with him or why would you have still had those connections with him
0: because I think I always wanted them.
2: No, but I mean, oh. like, did your mom put oh, you guys together? No. Okay, she... so
0: yeah, this is gonna get. Ooh,
2: I don't know. So, I mean, if it's too the, much for, I'm just trying to connect the dots here because I, I.
0: So the thing that's really interesting that I'm finding out in my therapy is that I was born. My purpose when I was born was to be a pawn in a chess game, and so the interesting thing about my life which is complicated and really weird, is that I, all of my family members, so my biological family members, father, and my dad that raised me actually grew up together. And so they all intermeshed. So my cousins through my biological side of the family and my cousins through my dad that raised me all knew each other. They all went to high school together we all went to high school together. So my, in my high school, when me and Rach were there, my cousin, I don't think she'd mind if I said her name. My cousin Heather was two years older than me. Then there was me. Then there was my cousin Noel, who's two years younger than me. Those are all from my biological father. Meanwhile, I also had cousins from my my dad that raised me. So I had my cousin, A boy cousin. And so we all went to the same high school together. So I think Rach would probably remember it somewhat. That Like I had tons of relatives Mm -hmm. in my high school that all went to high school together. And aunts and uncles that all went to the same high school. But they weren't related to each other. I was the the, Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's my cousin. Oh, they're my cousin. Mm -hmm. And so that was the hard part was that normally – in a normal situation, if a biological father leaves, like you kind of get disassociated with the family. But that was like the weird manipulation piece was that I was still in all the muck and mire of these two families. But the problem was it was so inner meshed, but I was completely left alone because no one had ownership over me. Mm the only person who ever had ownership over me in the way they wanted that was my mother. And so I, so like all these cousins would go do things with all the aunties, but I wasn't invited because I wasn't like, so that family would be like, oh, she's with them. And then that family, the other family would be like, oh, let's go do something. Oh, well, Amber's with them. So mm-hmm. like I always became the lost sheep mm-hmm. of, the, of all the contingencies. So I did tons with family but I was never anyone's family Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it was really really um, messy and that's what I'm learning through this um which was because for me I thought just like you Rachel I was like oh well great with my therapist I was like great I get to work through something that has nothing to do with my mother Mm. and as we started exploring we're like this has everything to do with my mother
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how she wheeled and dealed narratives around my sister and I so that she could continue to be in control of the situation. And that is just the mental illness that she has.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she
0: loves that I say that.
1: Um, well, I, re- I just want to say like when you reached out to us. Yeah. And you're like, I just found out that my biological father is dying, and it's really hard. It's really thrown me under the bus emotionally because oh. I don't, I just don't know how mm-hmm. to feel, and I don't know what to do, and I don't know what to respond. And he never really had anything to do with me, so. But I still, and you were like, I still, there's still that part of me that always hopes that he'll reach out to me and say. I always loved you. I yes. I thought about you every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really sorry that I never connected with you, but you've always been my special little girl. Maybe here's a million dollars that I <laughs> saved up just for you because of not loving you the right way for your whole life. Yeah. Like you're 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 waiting for that Cinderella story moment kind of thing mm-hmm. where you're like which you and I both, I think, struggle with having some of those feelings, even yeah. as m- our mid forties woman. we're like, there's if something happens right. to us that like hurts that part of our heart that has never really healed from some of those feels, mm-hmm. it it reopens a yeah. floodgate of memories, a floodgate mm-hmm. of narratives, and you did the right thing where you're like you reached out to your two percent and you're like. Can you guys help me out here? I'm feeling a lot of big feels and I and meanwhile, you're you're having to go through your normal day. Right. You're yeah, having so to go to life. school and teach, and you're having to be a mm-hmm. mom and a wife and all the things. And so yeah. these emotions are now just fitting into a normal day where you're like, How am I supposed mm-hmm. to you know, you I think mentally and emotionally we kind of go fetal. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're still acting out physically. and doing. I can't
0: go fetal. Right.
1: Right. You're still you're still going through the motions of your day, but internally, you're like, I am. I. You're spiraling. You know. I and was. Then, I was definitely spiraling. Well, and you were seeing Facebook posts about how wonderful he was, yeah. and all mm-hmm. the things, and and your narrative was like, well, if he's so wonderful, then why didn't he love me? And mm-hmm. and then by the process of elimination you're like there must be something wrong with me you know it's all it's just, it's the whole thing really and was. we had to speak into it and be like this has literally nothing to do with you it's not it's not you it's you know it's like all right. the things like and stay it's not off.
0: good or bad I think that's uh-huh. the thing that I think right. when we hit trauma or something bad like something hard happens in our life we want to assign a villain and a hero yes yes. and so for me I we of course want to be the hero, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no right. one's like I want to be the villain, like <laughs> yeah. uh, and so because of that, mm-hmm. I had like and that's not fair. It's not fair. Like, I I needed to figure out how to mourn and understand my story without him mm-hmm. or his family because they have every right to feel all the things that they are feeling they deserve to honor him and adore him and miss him forever if he was an amazing father to them that is true just because it wasn't true for me that doesn't mean that that's not true and so me minimize like so I was trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. do we mourn something and when the narratives are so different, mm-hmm. you know, I was gonna so say,
1: it might be true for them, but it was not true. for It was you, not right? true. He for was me. not a good dad to you. He did not take his, right. you know, the choices that he made and having a baby. He and, and then <laughs> just running away, literally, not owning, and never showing back up in your life again, ever. Nope. And even in the times where he was there, that you were like, ew this feels gross." Like mm-hmm. that. Weird. None of that is your fault.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's really crazy, though. That is
1: hard stuff. That is really hard stuff. And that's just like mind games, Uh, like you say. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest struggles that you deal with, besides your eternal narrative, which God is breaking of I'm unloved and I'm unwanted, which, you know, God says that you are loved and you are wanted and that he's your heavenly father and, like, that no human being comes close to what he is anyway. And... And my mother, you know, my mom has the same experience with her own dad, Mm -hmm. like her earthly dad who did not, you know, stay in her life and love her or her sister. And so she had to cling to Jesus and cling to the truth that God is her father. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: all of those things that are real are still really hard. And they're going to, in like your human experience, they're going to like yell and scream in your brain like this is weird. Like I feel weird. I feel like I wanted this and how do I close this up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do I make this closure? How, how Mm -hmm. do I get closure with someone who didn't reach out to me and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Or anything that was the, the the, the void of
0: nothingness is the hardest part for me. So yeah. So yeah, I did. I reached Mm -hmm. out to you guys. I could totally feel you that you were praying for me. I knew it. I got off social media, needed it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew I needed to journal. And Mm -hmm. so I also, the Lord kind of opened up a little time for me during the day where I usually would be prepping for a class and I was like, I can't, I can't, I have to get this out. I had to get out all the things that I was thinking in my head. Um, because there is no villain in this story. There really isn't. I mean, it would be great to say that there was.
1: I mean, I feel like that's gracious of you. I, but there isn't because – how do you feel about that, Amy? I'm just curious. As far
2: as villain, I mean I think villain's a pretty strong word. I, I think that – but there's truth that he did not parent you and he did not take the responsibility of being a dad. And yeah. so his sin – sin has crazy consequences that not only affect you but affect people around you. And so his mm. sins have affected you your whole life. And so – I mean, that could, mm.
0: you know what I mean?
2: So, yeah, I do think you are gracious. I think what you're doing is you're owning what you can own. But, yeah. you know, mm. he surely didn't.
0: But we don't know his whole story. I don't know it's his whole story. Right. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what, I think that's what's so fascinating to me. Every time I want to put a black and white right, right. in the ground and be like, mm-hmm. this was bad. And the Lord always reminds me, but by the grace of God go I. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like. It's true. He was a 19-year-old who made a mistake and now is saddled with an 18-year responsibility. Sure, yes. Mm-hmm. With a person that I don't know necessarily like I don't know the narrative that he received about how could he maybe he wasn't maybe he wasn't allowed to see me.
2: Right. That's true.
0: Maybe if he saw me he had to jump through a lot of hoops that were unhealthy mm-hmm. that he couldn't ha- jump through
2: and be and you know you know what I Maybe mean like his parents were was he still at home with our parents or was he out
0: no he was out okay but you know like I we don't know and that's the sad part I think that's the sadness that I have is that I never got to have an honest conversation mm-hmm. with him ask all those questions and just a knowing and yeah. a knowing mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah. even with even with my biological mother There's a lot – it's really easy to make her the villain of every story for me. But that's not true either. Like, Mm -hmm. she faced trauma. She has had hardship. Mm -hmm. She, you know – and She is her own survivor,
1: honestly. Yeah, she she really is. She's also a survivor. She Mm -hmm. is a
0: survivor of a lot of stuff that Mm -hmm. is not my place to share. But she is. And so Mm -hmm. she – You know, so how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I've been working in in therapy is like, I, like, would, is it easy for me to be like, well, if I had, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all my mother's fault. And if she did this and this and this and this, sure, sure. But that's, that's defuting the sovereignty of God, really. Like, it's saying that all of these things are outside of the control of the sovereignty of God. Like... And if my dad like my biological father should have done all these things and and this and this and this and then Mm -hmm. then my life would be whatever. But that takes out first off that's never futile because it's futile. It's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I really am trying to learn to to see the whole the whole picture Mm -hmm. and finding out that I, I am just a part of a bigger thing. Like Mm -hmm. the world does not revolt, like, but in the same way, own my pain. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing we do. Like that was Mm -hmm. that balance we've talked about in the past of like, you know, I, it isn't you know, I don't want to just pick myself up by my bootstraps, which is what I've done most of my life. Is just be like, okay, well, it wasn't. You know, I'm, they did the best. They did the best they could, and now we're gonna move on, because mm-hmm. that doesn't actually help me heal. Mm-hmm. So, learning to like sit in the fact that I don't have a family, I don't have a bio, like. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember weeping with my therapist, my poor therapist. She I should buy her tissues for Christmas because I just go <laughs> through so many in her office, but w- I was talking about when I read Where the Crawdads Sing, that bu- book Where the Crawdads Sing or the movie. The little girl in that book, there's this whole scene where first her mother leaves and then all of her siblings and she's left with this like abusive father and then he leaves. And she becomes obsessed with nature and the, and, and, and the world, her swamp. And she keeps looking for reasons why animals, mammals would leave their young. Mm. And she can't find it. Like, she's like, Mm. even the mama squirrels stay with the babies until they're ready. And even the, you know, the daddy birds go and make sure that there's food for the babies. And like... And she's trying to reconcile her loss. And that resonated with me so deeply. Like I, every time, when I, I remember when I, because I listened to that book, mm. when the, that part, I actually had to stop and sit down. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it is not, nor that is not how God created it's it right, to be. It's not
2: how he created it.
0: And so mm. l- being able to sit in that of like, No, Amber, this is not okay. It's not okay that you had no interaction. It's not okay that he wasn't brave enough to reach out. It's not okay that, you know, whatever the narrative was with with my mother and him, none of it is okay, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, God uses all things, Mm -hmm. all things for the good of those who love him are called according to his purpose. And so I so learning to to balance that and learning to that Brené Brown um quote that I quoted last week's podcast about owning my story and being brave enough to own my story and saying, yeah, this is really really messy. Like my life is my childhood was really, really messy. And your childhood might be really, really messy. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't have purpose. Mm. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have significance or that you don't have significance or that you don't have a purpose just because the things around you are so messy. Mm-hmm. And, and letting that five-year-old girl inside me Really cool. – like my therapist was like, I need you to eat some junk food and just be sad for a little bit. You deserve to be sad. And, you know, Peter and I went away and it was exactly what I needed. I didn't have to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I, I – I usually when I'm in the city, I'm bringing people to the city. Mm-hmm. And so like I have to know <laughs> where to go and what street we're on and where – you know, like mm-hmm. – and – I didn't have to. Peter was in charge of all that. I was just along for the ride. I got to have food made for me and, you know, I got to sleep in. When I came back, my bed was magically made for me. Mm -hmm. Like it was all of the – it was exactly what I needed. I just got to walk around the city with absolutely no responsibility for three days and it was exactly what I needed to kind of re – just give myself a break Mm because – I needed it. I need a break. Sometimes you just need a break. And your five-year-old self needs to, 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 we all need to learn that our identity is not in our circumstances, but they're in our creator.
1: Like, mm-hmm. that is what it is. And so. And he can take the messiest, most unhappy mm-hmm. life of a human and redeem it mm-hmm. and rescue it. And set it on a new path, you know, with his by his grace. And it is gracious of you to like speak so highly of someone who wasn't there for you. Yeah. And that's the way that God loves us. It really is. I know. So you that just shows but that he was you there have, for other people. So just because my experience, you know what I mean, like. But I'm just saying, it's still gracious of you. It's still gracious for you to yeah. to the hand strikes and gives a flower, <laughs> where it's like I'm. You could yeah. you could let that really destroy you, but you're not letting that happen, and you're being yeah. kind and gracious and loving, and that is a big deal, at least to me. Like it hits me as a big deal and a, a huge testament to how God has grown your heart more towards Him and able to love people that way mm-hmm. that have hurt mm-hmm. you, like people that have only hurt you. You're able to still be kind and loving towards. I think of that verse too in the Bible where it talks about he can restore the years
2: that the locusts have stolen, the locusts have taken. Yeah. Or even Job, like so much was taken from him, but Mm. he can restore Mm -hmm. and he can make beautiful what's been broken. Yeah. And that's like, that's like his specialty. Mm -hmm. And so you're walking through that and that's uh, you being willing to walk through it is going to allow him to do that and to make all things new and to restore.
0: That's my hope. I think that's my hope. I think as I kind of journaled and processed it all with my therapist, which I'm sure we'll
2: we'll keep going.
0: I've got a standing appointment with her. (laughs) Um, I think that's the thing. I think as you – like for me, my deepest sadness about all of this when it comes to losing someone, I guess that's what it is, losing someone you didn't get to have closure with. Yeah. It could be a friend from high school or, you know, like mm-hmm. there wasn't, there was a innate intimacy between me and my biological father. I mean, that was a thing that was so interesting about reading people's stuff was like, I think actually if we had gotten to know each other, we we're quite similar. Like, mm-hmm. I guess he was hilarious. I think I am hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he mm-hmm. was, he, I have a lot of his extrovertness. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> extrovertness it comes from him (laughs) is that a word extrovert new words i think every podcast i think we do so you know like i think i got that gene from him Mm -hmm. about like everyone talked about how he would entertain like he was good for a show so like you never had to worry because he would he and i was like oh that's that's me. I do the same, you know. Even though I wasn't raised by him, I have very similar things. He was an incredible athlete, and um, I am like
2: amazing. At no, all no, I was
0: thinking of my like, but I was thinking of my kids. Like, yeah. I had these kids that are like, you give them a new thing and they excel mm-hmm. at it. And I think, you know, and those things are are beautiful and they're gifts that he gave me. Even though I he didn't get to see them in me or I and him It's crazy
2: to see the DNA, the same DNA. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And
0: it you know, his wittiness and his quick his he was quick on his feet and I I think that I definitely got from him because mm-hmm. I can I can always I I I'm quick on my feet. Mm-hmm. So seeing these things about him and the sadness that you know, I am doing all this work. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part where I was talking with my therapist where I think I'm the most sad is that I am doing all this work and I am getting to a place where I want closure with those things and I would have loved to have had a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have been able to have a honest conversation without my biological mother's influence mm-hmm. involved because that's what I've learned is that, like I said in the beginning, m- um the 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 way my my narcissism and and my you know borderline personality disorder and these kind of disorders that Shannon had shared with us before these personality disorders they are all encompassing mm. and so what i'm learning is that my sister and i were not individuals even as children we were um extensions of her oh. and so Every relationship – that was the mind-blowing thing that Mm. my therapist and I worked through, that every relationship with any adult, with your family, with everyone, I had a narrative that I was receiving from her about those people, and I know she was giving a narrative to them. Mm. So that every – there was no genuine Mm -hmm. interaction between me and any grown-up, and even kid. So – the narratives that she was giving me about my biological father—he didn't want you. I want you, you, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if that's actually true. Maybe he did really want me, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and I don't know what she was saying to him. Right. I'm not right. privy to those inf- And so mm-hmm. that's what would be so fascinating. And that's where you were able to have
2: grace too, probably. Yeah, because thing. I
0: don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm. I now know working through stuff with my dad that raised me, the information my dad was receiving about me and my sister is very different Mm -hmm. than the information we were receiving about Mm. my dad to us. And so, again, that's that extension thing. That's a protection. That's an insecurity. That's a control thing. A control thing. So, and even, even, like, the last time I had seen my biological father – was 17 years ago. And hmm. even then, when I look at that interaction, I, my mom, when she heard that I was going to go to see his father had passed away. So my paternal grandfather. And so I was going to the funeral. Um, how much of what was going on in my mind was not my own thoughts, mm-hmm. but stories that had been told to me, stories that I had, that I, and so he didn't have a chance, guys, really. Yeah. He didn't have a chance because I was so, I was put into a place where. Mm-hmm. And and so it would – Our relationship
2: I, didn't have a chance. Yeah.
0: Our relationship didn't have a chance. And so that's the thing that's so hard because now I'm at a place where I have closure with that – with part of my, my past with my biological mother of knowing I have that intel. Yeah. <laughs> that I now know what's really going on that it would have been awesome to be able to say, all right – So tell me what really happened. Mm -hmm. And I actually, we did some role playing, which sounds so cheesy and makes me feel like I'm going to Comic-Con, but it's not what it was, (laughs) with my therapist about different scenarios. And every scenario I could receive completely. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, okay, what if he said this? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yep, I can see. You know what I mean? Like I could receive it because I have a new mind. Like Mm -hmm. my mind has been open to what really was – drawing that boundary of cutting off all interaction with someone who's super toxic, you do open up brain space. Mm-hmm. And so now because I have all this open up brain space, I feel like I could have had a real mm-hmm. conversation with him and that's not an option and mm-hmm. that's sad. And that's really, that's mm-hmm. my sadness mm-hmm. is
1: that. So maybe you should read what you read before Amy about, cause it just, it fits here again. And just in mm-hmm. case people just listen to this episode, mm-hmm. um, Where it's like, it is sad and Mm -hmm. mourn it and sit in it, but then ask it to leave and move on. Well, I
2: feel like even in like the year that we've done this together in your earlier podcast and this podcast today, I feel like I'm like, holy cow, like she's grown so much. Holy cow, what a healthy, Mm -hmm. what a healthy response to that. Holy cow, like she, she's speaking truth. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, I feel like even Mm -hmm. a year ago, you were just kind of living in that, well, I'm broken. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. And I feel like now you're like, yes, I'm broken, but by God's grace, we are breaking this, you know? Yeah. So anyways, I shared this with, I didn't write it, somebody wrote it, but when, Amber had marcoed us and said, Guys, I need you to pray for, for pray for me. And <laughs> um I'm
0: spiraling. Yeah. Spiraling.
2: <laughs> and so we swooped in, we both prayed over her. Rachel's like, get off social media now. Mm-hmm. And she did. She received. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were like, and you need to journal. Yep. You know, so anyway, so and so and I found this and I just someone wrote this. The pain will come, let it visit, cry it out, vent it out, bleed it out. And then ask it to leave. Do not allow it to build a home and call it broken. We aren't meant to be broken forever. That is punishment to our hearts and our minds. And that is when Satan wins, might yeah. I add. Yeah. You right. know, when and he wants I, us to live defeated.
0: And what I thought of when you wrote that to me was one of my favorite verses, which is um, about the jars of clay. Mm. So but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Mm-hmm. We are afflicted in every way mm-hmm. but not crushed, perplexed but not given to despair, mm. persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be ma- also manifest in our our bodies. Mm. Um At our school, we do little chapels. We call them agora, which is Latin for gathering. (laughs) And um, our our head of school did this amazing um, demonstration with pasta. (laughs) And he gave this little girl a piece of pasta, and she broke it. And it was really, really easy to break. And then he gave another kid, a bigger kid, a big, huge, like, almost a whole box of pasta, and he bent it. And it took a little bit of Mm -hmm. bending back and forth, but he was able to break all the pasta in one Mm -hmm. box of pasta. Mm -hmm. And then he gave another kid a a taped up same thing, a bunch of pasta, and it wouldn't break, and it wouldn't break, and it wouldn't break. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like laughing and we're freaking out. and We're like, how is this not breaking? Mm -hmm. Well, Aaron had put a steel... Like a big screw, like you would, like a deck bolt, like mm. a bolt mm-hmm. inside, and then wrapped it around <laughs> pasta. And he was like, That is the jars of clay. Mm. You see jars of clay. He's like, Imagine, you know, all these artifacts you see, and they're all crumbled. What if you saw, like, it keeps getting broken, like it keeps getting whacked, and it won't crumble? Mm-hmm. He's like, That's us with the Holy Spirit in us. Like, mm-hmm. I can keep being whacked around mm-hmm. and the Lord seems to fit to be doing that to me right now <laughs> oh, in this God. season in my life mm-hmm. but I'm not crumbling I cannot crumble I am uncrumbleable Ooh, another
1: Bull. new word
0: <laughs> I am unbreakable mm-hmm. because inside of me is the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think of when I when I heard that. And mm, that was so the verse good. that it came to my mind is that I cannot be broken. You like, cannot be defeated. I cannot be because mm-hmm. I am filled. This earthly vessel, mm-hmm. even though it's jars of clay, it's super fragile. My ego is super fragile. My mm-hmm. emotions are super fragile. I am a hot mess. But I cannot be broken mm-hmm. because I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's... You know, that is a gift that I have. And I, I don't think that the Lord is not doing this on purpose. And I said that to my therapist, you know, like, I don't know quite the reason why the Lord is putting me through this season, mm-hmm. but I've never had more faith in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you want to read what you journaled? Sure. Because sure. I thought it was really sweet mm-hmm. and we could end with that. Okay hold on tight everyone (laughs) it's just really sweet and honest and Mm. yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so he's gone wow this is weird Mm -hmm. sad but not heartbreaking empty but not without longing it's weird what will happen next what will the aftermath of this all be will there be reconciliation hope of lost journals or letters telling Mm. me of his love for me and all his regrets people now know There are all these amazing comments about what an amazing guy he was. He was so funny and kind. He was one of the good ones. He was? I'm asking not in an angry way or a bitter way, but in a genuine way. It's a genuine question. He is? He was funny? He was good and kind? He was a good one? No one reaches out to me. No one sees how I am doing. No one mentions his black sheep daughter. I reach out to one of my half-brothers. He is vague, which is fair. I'm a stranger. I don't deserve his vulnerability after losing his dad. I reach out to my father's wife, sending condolences and that I am heartbroken for them. I receive two words. Thanks, Amber. I feel like I am the enemy. I am the bad one. It was my fault that I don't know my biological father. Why didn't he come for me? Why don't I know him? I have three letters from my dad. I have memory of five times in my life I got a present from him. I remember maybe five times spending time with him. So I guess if he's so great and wonderful, where do I fit in? Was I so terrible that he couldn't put his wonderfulness in my presence? He was so good, he was so kind, great, loving, and he didn't want me? Mm -hmm. Then what's wrong with me? I'm 44 years old and I feel five. As always, whenever I feel like this, I hear my mother's voice. I am the only one who ever wanted you. I'm the only one you will ever have. No one wants you but me. Heaviness of all that I know is true, and the emptiness of every relationship and every grown-up not choosing me is exhausting. My intellectual mind understands that this is more complicated than that, that relationships are tr- tricky It feels so disingenuous to be sad about a man dying that I do not know, a man who did not choose me, who was trapped into this situation. He was 19, an athlete, on a rebound. He didn't want a family, definitely not my mother, definitely not parenting. He ran. I get it. He tried to connect with me later on, but he never really wanted to talk about it. He wanted it to be all water under the bridge and that I had Johnny and he was a good dad. So let's just pretend it didn't happen. I just couldn't do it. To be honest, when I think about my dad, my biological dad, and my relationship, it always felt weird and gross. Like being on a weird, uncomfortable first date that you needed to end, but you didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We both didn't know what to do. As I worked through all this, I was excited to work through something that had nothing to do with my mother. Well, that was not going to happen. I discovered the awkwardness of my relationship with my biological father was because all relationships had been tainted for me That I have ever had with an adult and imposed by a narrative produced by my mother. She made comments about my aunts and uncles, cousins, fathers, step-siblings, everyone. Manipulating how we felt about them. Distorting our view of them. So all of our interactions were skewed. No relationship was manipulated more than that of my biological father. I to him, him to me. We never had a a relationship without my biological mother sitting in the middle, pulling strings, moving pieces to divide two people and remain the center of any relationship. I think this is what my sadness is. I can never know what he actually knew of me, and I never got to know him without comments and commentary of a woman who refused to allow me the gift of relationship or love. That's good. Wow.
2: And have a great day. <laughs> yeah, that was hard to read. Whew. But I think it's such a beautiful way to show people how to grieve in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was...
0: that was. I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You're okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It was... Mm. It's powerful and
1: beautiful. It's honest. And honest. It is honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel feisty about it, quite frankly, because... <laughs> I wish that's that you did have all of these things, but I don't like that you didn't, and I don't think he's that great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love you. I know. My sister, I was telling them, my
0: sister's been very feisty about it, too, because, yeah. you know, i I'm, That's the part I get to play.
1: Right. It's a, and that's a good,
0: it's and a protective part to play. that's what I need. Yes. I need other people to yeah. be feisty so that I can just be the five-year-old me.
1: Yeah. And so you get, you're you choosing to be kind I don't have to be kind. (laughs) (laughs) But we want, I think it's easier for you to be feisty than for Amber to be
2: feisty. Yeah. I think if, if, if. Totally. Well, there's the balance, right? Because that will injure her. And yeah. allow a root of bitterness yeah. where she's yeah. actively digging it out. Yeah. Like, whereas you're not going to allow root of bitterness to grow. You're just super protective. Yeah. yeah. And like...
1: And I feel... S- yes. I want that for you. Yeah. For yeah. The mm-hmm. you that was. Yeah. You know? And- my sister
0: said the same thing when I'm... Uh, long story short, I'm going to be mentioned in the obituary. Mm-hmm. And my sister... I sent it to my sister because I read it and I felt that same weirdness. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get heavy, mm-hmm. I send it to my 2% and mm-hmm. my sister's and my 2% because I just... Right, I don't know how to, and she was like, she went all oh, Mama Bear. Yeah. She's like, oh no, and they're <laughs> gonna say, and I was like, oh, thank you. That yeah, was that what I need. Safe. That yeah. felt, mm-hmm. felt love That like, mm-hmm. that I was, you know, well, they're gonna just mention you in the end. They need to change this world to children yeah. to boys because she were and her. Her justice seeking for me makes me not have to. And I think that's the pain mm -hmm. is that my whole life I've always had to do the justice seeking. Mm -hmm. So I'm joyfully thankful that I have Mm my 2% that Rachel's like, well, they're
2: stupid. I (laughs) picture my mental picture is like you in a fetal ball kind Mm -hmm. of like processing all the things in between us where we're surrounding Mm -hmm. you. We have these like (laughs) – I'm such a visual picture, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. where we're like – we're facing out. Yes. Yeah. Between us, and this yeah. little fetal ball, and we're like these warriors with our swords up, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Don't you touch
1: her?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I need. Yeah. That's yeah. all I need. I didn't really even want you to, cause my all advice this whole thing was like, "You don't owe him anything, honey. You don't owe him."
2: And there's truth in that, but there she is truth. owes what she what she has to do is what she has to do. But, yeah. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah. Yeah. But and I can I think, still stand there and be like, just in yeah. case. Right. It's true. <laughs> just yeah, in you case can, this doesn't work out. You can eat uh, anyone's jugular
0: you want. Like yeah, you guys can yeah, cut yeah. anyone's jugular.
1: Right. And
0: that's the thing. I also mm-hmm. think that I don't think it is a coincidence. And I was saying that to my mm-hmm. therapist. I don't think it's a coincidence that I just watched someone die. Yeah. And when you watch someone die and you see um, the emotional and spiritual battle that it is to let go of your earthly vessel – um, mm-hmm. you can't not but have compassion, and so mm-hmm. I can't not have like. And mm-hmm. I think I would be so much colder, yeah. and more um callous if I had not just watched my grandmother die and see all her regret, yeah. Oof, and yeah. no one deserves to feel that as they're <laughs> leaving their earthly vessel. And so I hope and pray that he had peace and that. He- <laughs> I love Rachel's
2: expressions right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it too. It gives me like it does, Amy. I do feel like that girl fetal, and I do need a bunch of people that are gonna.
1: <laughs> She's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that sounds mm-hmm. so, very nice of you. I know. <laughs> <of> you.
0: <laughs> but you know, yeah. So I hope that you know. I think there's a beauty in feeling your pain, and so if you are struggling, if you're losing someone, if you don't have healthy relationships know that that, that's not your identity, that you are not your relationships. Like, you are who God says you are, and you are adored and loved and... Fought for. F- fought for. And him. find your warrior protectors. <laughs> yes. And you can't have mine, because I need them.
2: <laughs> Full time. And Amber's a full-time, full-time job. job. Hey, yeah, I'm a full-time He's job. It's a, a full-time job. She's a, <laughs> a full-time
0: job. That's not the first time I've heard and that. And so worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes.